Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. Our guests today are some of the OGs in the ADHD coaching realm now, y'all. Like some of us been around OG. a while. So Joyce Kubik, who you were the, the head, the executive director, I'm not sure what the title was, president of the ADHD mm-hmm. coach organization for a long time, and mm-hmm. Robin Nordmeyer. And we've known them now for over a decade, which, you know, is a long time in this industry. Mm-hmm. And, and we're really thrilled to have you here because there's been a lot of emphasis in your work on adults living with ADHD, couples living with ADHD, and research, you know, and there's a lot of research out there that we hear about that are the big double-blind studies of the universities. And then there are those of us who are in the field in practice, Mm -hmm. learning while working with people about what works and what doesn't. And you two have been really conscious and intentional and serious about applying your capacity to do research while delivering services to really elevate the field and help us move forward in our understanding of ADHD. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Well, and to kick it off, why don't you guys talk a little one of, I don't know who wants to kick off the story, but you know, how did you guys get into this? What, what's the backstory a little bit? Yeah, Joyce and I have known each other quite a long time too. We actually both were on the board together and um, that was probably the start of our being together. We've coached group together, a coaching group for adults. Mm-hmm for quite a while. And then we decided we wanted to really focus on uh, coaching couples and learning more about how to support couples. Uh, Joyce had done a research study. And so we integrated her research into the couples program that we focused on. And we've been, I don't know, we ran that program, the research study for like three years together. Yes. And they built ADHD program probably another three years together. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now we're Joyce, what would you add? Oh, uh, no, not, not much really. I mean, that is how it happened. It started at board and, and we just got together and got our heads together. We adjusted the uh, survey that we gave to the couples at least three times. And we adjusted that to for the couples alone so that in the study, the adult with ADHD was rating how they saw themselves in all of these different questions. And the person without ADHD was rating how they saw their spouse. So this is, you know, how do you see this person is so much different from the neurotypical than the person who sees it with them, with themselves. And sometimes it was pretty close to being the same too. 
But well, and I was going to take you a step backwards, Joyce, yeah. and kind of really talk about the role of research. I mean, because this is it's one of those things that you know we're parallel to the medical model, and the medical model does all kinds of research. But you guys have really led the mission to do research around coaching and ADHD. Where did that come from? Oh, when I did my first study, it was because I felt that as a coach, you need to know whether what you do is actually working. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how do you make changes, adjustments for the future for coaching? Mm-hmm. So I did that. I, you know, that was my thought in the beginning. And that made me just pull out all my stuff, pulled out all of my study books from college on how to do, do studies. And I just kind of dared myself, I guess, to do this. And I called uh, the journal, Journal of Attention Disorders, talked to them for a little bit. And they said, well, if you can prove something that coaching is effective, we'll be glad to uh, publish it for you. So, and that's where it started. Well, and that's really the piece of it is this sort of, uh, you were, you guys were early enough in this work to say, Mm -hmm. we needed to to demonstrate the value that coaching added to working with adults and families with ADHD. Um, Before you go on just a quick, because I'm going to put it in the show notes, I'm going to link to it. One of the things that has always impressed me about the ACO and ACO y'all is the ADHD coach organization. It's very small because, you know, coaching is still a pretty new industry, but there has always been a committee that's focused on research. Mm -hmm. Like as long as I've been involved with them, there's been a committee, there's been an attention to research in a way that um, is surprising for an organization as new and small as it is in Mm -hmm. some ways. So I'll put that in the notes. Go ahead, Diane. Where are we going? Oh, no. Where I was going is, you know, we're, Joyce, so you were talking about some of the things that you learned from the research, particularly the research with couples. And, and Robin, maybe build on this a little bit, this perspective of how do I see myself in the partnership? How do I see my partner in the partnership? And, and how, that, how that evolves into how to work together as a couple. It really pulled out a lot of the misunderstandings of both ADHD and what that other couple is doing. And if you are in that kind of a situation, you know that there's always these little arguments that lead into bigger arguments Mm -hmm. because we're tired of it. The neurotypical person gets tired of it because they can't get them to do what they want them to do and do it their way. Which of course is the nature of ADHD is I can't get myself to do what I'm supposed to want to get myself to do. Exactly, exactly. So I'm curious, so you asked, ADHD people to self-reflect, non-ADHD people to to reflect on the ADHD person. Did you ask the non-ADHD people to reflect on themselves? Well, Robin, some of the questions like where we were stuck and where the support we need, that was where we asked them questions that told us how they felt. So Robin, if you can go elaborate on that one. Yes. I And honestly, I think they reflect on themselves quite a bit. One of the reasons I became so passionate about doing this is because you would work with adults with ADHD, their relationship would come up as Mm -hmm. the focus of coaching, and they would be just trying so hard, so hard, so hard. And they're, they're already very aware of what they're doing wrong, or how they're making their partner uh, miserable, or causing missteps, right? And And yet what would happen is the coaching would go on and on, but unless the partner, especially a non-ADHD partner who doesn't get it, gets involved with the coaching, it just gets sabotaged, right? The the effects of the coaching 
can be undermined and not intentionally by the other partner, but just from, like Joy said, a place of misunderstanding or not really being aware, or just maybe the partner is frustrated and at a place where they're tired of trying, right? And so... Well, you know, Linda Rogley did the the ADHD couples Palooza recently mm-hmm. when we're recording this. It's it's just ended. I'll put a link to it. And my husband and I were in it this year. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to our conversation again because of course I have no idea what I said while we were in it, but I was, went back and listened to it. And one of the things we both talked about was the tendency early in our marriage. Now we both have ADHD and we know that now, but we didn't know that early on. Early we knew he did and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was more executive function person than he was. Mm-hmm. But there was this tendency, it was almost like we colluded with each other to make David the problem. Mm-hmm. To make he right. was the problem. Mm-hmm. I was making him the problem, and he was making him the problem. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, we were both part of the problem and the solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say one of the models that we have in the program is own what you bring. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the ADHD person is broken. It's not the relationship is broken. It's that there needs to be a way to have that reflection, to figure out what is it that I bring to this relationship, both strengths. If there's executive function challenges, is there anxiety? It can come from either side. And how can we work together differently for some, for a different experience in our relationship. Well, and part of what's coming from me as you say that, Robin, is that the relationship itself has a history. I mean, most of us, most of the folks who are in this situation have, are not just brand new, although there are plenty of times that people are new to a relationship and, and they've got this dynamic, mm-hmm. but there's patterns and, and habits and dynamics that we get into that are part of what causes the struggle, I'm guessing. Can you talk a little bit to that? Yes. And maybe Joyce, you want to jump in here too. I don't want to um, be answering or stealing any thoughts you have, but definitely you can get into a rut. You can get into cycles. Things are not going to change unless you can step back, look at the bigger picture and come at this from a place of understanding, from a place of empathy for each other, uh, from a place of how can we do this in a way that works for the way our brains work, right? That place of understanding comes from the education that they need in it. They Mm -hmm. do really need a full education on the outcomes of living with ADHD and that what they're seeing in their spouse is not really truly who they are. Mm -hmm. They're probably the person that they met in the very beginning. You know, the honeymoon effect. Uh, I love that honeymoon. But then- they get into the marriage and now they have responsibilities and they're living together and all that is happening. But, and all of a sudden they can't figure out, well, why is he not stopping and picking up the dry cleaning and doing what I ask him to do? Well, it's because he has no way of, of remembering to do that unless he learns to set an alarm and do all those other different tricks that coaches teach them to do. And so I just think that it's so much about the educational piece that they need. And being uh, have a really clear understanding of what that person is up against. When we did the survey, the very first one, if you remember, Robin, how many people said at the end of that session that they had no idea that more than half of the stuff that we asked them was an outcome of living with ADHD. Yeah. 
And so that's what they need to understand. And from there, we take that study that we did, the survey that we did, and we taught them and educated them. So how do you enroll the non-ADHD spouse into, like you said something that I loved, you said own what you bring, right? Mm -hmm. How do you enroll the ADHD spouse into it's not their problem, it's like to what their role is in it? Mm -hmm. I would say, well, first of all, how do you get them in the program, right? How do you get them to say yes, because they've heard it all before, They've tried a zillion times. And so they think they know. And they think oh, yes. they know, right? Yeah. They think they know. And so I would say generally, you know, the folks that joined our program would have complimentary get acquainted session with us. Mm-hmm. And we'd get to know them and talk more about what's going on. And not everybody is suited to work together as a couple yet. Sometimes you have to work on the ADHD partner has to work a little bit on their ADHD in order to get the other partner to have that leap of faith to try differently. Mm-hmm. But I think in the point. session when we could get acquainted, it was easier to talk about the different perspectives. And honestly, um, if they're showing up with an interest, um, they want something different. They, they need hope for their relationship. Right. Because the alternative is to throw in the towel and walk away. Exactly. They don't want to go to the divorce court. They don't want to. And so many of them were so borderline on that when we started. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, there's this parallel, Elaine, that I, I think um, about. And me it just too. So- well, it just and so just so you, so I want to go on record. So I, I've now I was married to an ADHDer, and I, I work with an ADHDer. My current partner is an ADHDer, so I I count as the non the non ADHD partner in many instances okay. here. But what I watch is this pendulum swing of okay, so as the non ADHD partner, it's like I've taken over because there are things that they can't do. That this is a story that I think they tell themselves, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to do them, and then I'm told well, I've got to give them more agency. And then I try to give them agency and they can't do it. So it gives me an excuse to take it back over again. But then there's this underlying dynamic of, I don't want you to be my my parent, mm-hmm. but I can't quite do it on my own. And so I think that underneath it is this challenge that we have is how do we effectively collaborate mm-hmm. with our partner in a way that helps them to feel like they own it and holds them accountable and honors them as humans. And I mean, all these adults. Pieces. And adults, not children, because when not children. describe is exactly what we would describe with parents, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's that parent-child dynamic mm-hmm. that Melissa Orlov talks about so often. Once we have ADHD and all the troubles with it, it just carries with us all through life. And it just changes the situation, the time in our life, the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have it no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. And, and so many times, you know, you hear students say, well, I can't wait to get out of this school because then I'll be I'll do better. Mm-hmm. I'll do better at someplace else. So they're blaming the teacher and anybody else that's that's in their path, you know. And then some people will move from job to job because they think these people are crazy. They don't understand anything. I'm just moving on. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I did that. I had 18 jobs by the time I was 32. So wow. Yeah, they were all dumb. They were. All, you know, they were it's all, all their fault. Well, it feels dumb. better to point the finger at somebody else than to feel like right. I mean, when we can't. Let me say this simply, Joyce. But when we can't figure out how to fix something, it's easier to blame somebody else than it is to go. Oh wait, maybe there is an answer within my control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robin, what yeah. you say? 
If I might jump in for a moment, understanding and awareness doesn't get you there, Mm -hmm. right? It's great when both partners understand and they have that awareness, but then you need to take the next step. You need Mm -hmm. to do the work. You Mm -hmm. need, you know, what, no matter which party partner it is, there is a process to kind of work through this using what coaching provides. What are your goals together? How do your strengths build into those? Are there executive function skills that you need to work on to help make a little bit of a difference, like strategies around remembering what you need to remember or learning how to get started for system follow through, you know, and certain things like that. With the dynamic you're speaking of, the parent-child dynamic, uh, something that's been really helpful in our group is um, having them kind of step back, get the bird's eye view of all they do. What does mm-hmm. the first partner do? What does the second partner do? Which I like to use a Venn diagram, right? How do they overlap? So this is what you share. This is what you own, right? Mm-hmm. And then there is coaching. Like in our group, we coach both partners, but separately. There is coaching unique to their goals. If a partner is having trouble remembering or having trouble following through or having trouble um, with communication, whatever it is, then the goals are focused on what they want to be different and how we can support them through the coach approach to do that. Same with the partner without ADHD. Is it about uh, communication and how you communicate with your partner? What is this goal? I call them flybys. When you have ADHD and your partner tells you something and you're going this way and they're going that way, of course you're going to forget right? I'm the one with ADHD. It'll stick with me for less than a few seconds if I don't have a way to capture it, right? Right. Learning how to create these strategies as a couple to communicate in ways that things stick, in ways that both feel whole and not broken, in ways that you feel more collaborative and open to negotiation is so important. Absolutely. Even something simple. I, I did this this morning. We were talking about something and my I asked my partner something and I was like, do you need me to send you an email about this? He's like, yes, please. That would be so great. So great. And we just moved on, right? It was that simple. Or or text me into the grocery store. Text me, whatever, whatever, right? Well, and we were, David, when David and I were were in the conversation, we were talking about how hard it was to convince the schools to put both of us on the mailing lists for the classes because we're each other's accountability. And the teachers have this like default assumption that there's one one person. Mm-hmm. And we really needed both. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I love about what you're saying, you said understanding and awareness doesn't get you there. And what's really interesting is I used to say when I first started coaching, half the battle is awareness, mm-hmm. but it's only the first 50%. It's a big 50%. Yes. Understanding it, understanding the nuances when you're dealing with adult ADHD, it's yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what are you going to do with that information? How are you going to address it? And without as you've also been talking about the other piece I'm hearing you saying that's so important without fixing it, without making somebody broken and needing to be fixed, but looking at here's where we are, where do we want to go? How do we work together to get there? Mm-hmm. And I think what I heard you say, and Diane and I have noticed this with parents as well, is to some extent for a couple to do this work, they have to both believe that there is a place they want to go together. They can't come into it blaming one person. No, they cannot. No. No. And that was one of the important things 
was that they did have to come together. Now, I've always coached couples together because I think it just works better for them. And I'm going to lose my train of thought here, Robin. So why don't you rescue me? Rescue you from coaching them together as, a, as opposed to apart. They yes. have to, what I was saying is they have to step in. They have to commit to wanting it to, to work together in the first place rather than coming in okay. to fix one of them. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. And they, and they had homework every week that involved, here's what the non-ADHD spouse needs to do on the same idea, on the same topic. And here's what the ADHD person has to do. And we always got good feedback. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you my favorite story about the couples? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. It's when they first get into the workshop in that first week. So one is sitting on this end of the couch and the other is sitting on that end of the couch. And as the weeks went by, people would start getting closer and closer together on the couch. And I thought that was so cute and so great because what we were doing was bringing them together. Yeah, Not that they could fulfill every single assignment that we gave them because they had assignments every week, but that they were enjoying time together and not yelling at each other, not getting upset or excited. We did a lot about anxiety and how to identify and they had to do things like that. And and it was really nice. So that was kind of my favorite story. Just watching them secretly, you know, silently get closer together. It's sweet. You know, Joyce, I think what it did is it eliminated kind of the need for finger pointing Mm -hmm. and accusations and kind of leveled the playing field with respect to criticalness and negativity because we were going to, you know, they were coming at it together, which was nice. They could they could uh, relax a little bit if they were the one with ADHD. Right. And well, and I think the, supported, so. the other thing I'm guessing, because you guys are coaches like we are, it's like you're focusing on what's more on what's working mm-hmm. than on what's not working. And mm-hmm. that lowers the stress. It lowers the the doubt and the self-judgment and the yes, cross-judgment and everything and, else, yeah. mm-hmm. which gives people permission. It's like, oh, wow, right. I remembered the dry cleaning this week. I'm so excited. Or I didn't yell at him because he forgot the dry cleaning and it felt good because I knew that he didn't mean to forget it. You know, it's this sort of that shift of focus on what is working instead of what's broken is again, it's that mindset piece of it. That's so important. And and if you look back to, you know, we teach a lot about the models for change and relationship is the foundation and what you're doing by coming together, what a couple's doing by coming together and working with someone Mm-hmm. Ideally, is building relationship and building trust, which mm-hmm. is going to improve, improve yeah. communication. So beautiful. Yeah. So I told you this was going to be fast, and it it's, and it was it's almost done, right? So, is there a resource you want to direct people to? Where can people find out more about you or about this work or the research you're doing? Where Where do you want to direct people? Mm. Well, I think I could could easily jump in here and say that if someone's interested in the impact of coaching as a couple. Uh, they could certainly visit our website at the Center for Living Well with ADHD.org. Uh, there is a couples group that will start up pretty soon. Uh, and uh, you don't just enroll in it. You set up a time to chat to see if it's right for you, uh, just right. to make sure this is something that's going to be beneficial. And then, Joyce, what would you say about research? Because that research is in the works, and we're really excited about it. It is in the works in uh, we, we're just getting now the first set of data uh, back to us, but we haven't had much time to really look at it, to speak about it. But what we do know is that the emotions were very high 
that was one of the biggest problems of the whole thing. Emotions and also time management. The effect that I don't want to do it at all to I have to do it. And mm-hmm. they had to work really hard at that. And that was very, very hard for them. Mm-hmm. But the research, uh, people could uh, contact me for with research on my uh, through email. And it would be Joyce at JoyceKubik.com. Okay, I'll put it. And I'd be happy we'll to put that in the show notes. Then. Yeah, yeah. confer with right. Robin on some of them right. when I need to. Yeah, awesome. Well, and so Joyce, Robin, what what do we what haven't we talked about? Or you know, how do we want to how do we want to tie this up in a bow? Do we, is there something we've missed? Is there something you want to reiterate in this conversation? How do we close it up? Well, I think it's really important that the ADHD couple figure out who has it and who doesn't, and that you get help as a couple and work together through it because you're raising kids who are modeling your behavior. And if you're one of those ones who are always jumping to a conclusion and yelling and everything like that, and you're not asking questions before to make sure that you're right, then you know they're going to pick up on that kind of behavior. And I remember not knowing about my ADD so much and helping my girls with it. And when I would do something or behave a certain way, and then I'd yell at them for behaving that way, they'd say, well, why do I do that? You do it. Yeah. You know? oh. I think that that's the dynamic that we want to eliminate in the family. Mm-hmm. So that you have to take care of your own self first. Yeah. Robin, Robin what about you? I would love to say that this is a story about hope and encouragement and the spark that you had when you decided to be that couple, when you decided to get involved in that relationship can be experienced again, even if when you feel like you're at your worst and most frustrated with everything going on. Uh, Every day is a new day. It's a new chance to choose to try something differently and to work on it. And the other last quick thing, because I know time has gone fast, is it to connect with your why. Why do something? Why do something that will help you manage how you are as a couple in a way that is more joyful? And it might be about what you want in your relationship. It might be that you have that family. You have those kids. Yeah. And by getting your own uh, relationship squared away. And finding a way to be happy together, you will be able not only to support your own kids if they have ADHD, but to support the culture in your family. That's going to be a whole lot more meaningful in your yeah. life. The cascading yeah. impact, yeah. right? Love that. Mm-hmm. Like the ripple yeah. effect. So as we wrap this up, do you have a favorite motto or quote you want to share with our community? Each of you. <laughs> we each have one. I'll go first. What you got, Joyce? Go for it. Okay. I have uh, one from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And it says, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you someone else or something else is your greatest accomplishment. Mm. Oh, I like that. I like that. That says, do the work. Mm. Do the work. Robin, what about you? I'll do the quote by Deanna Wadsworth. It reads, the four things you can't recover. Have you heard this one? This, you can't recover the stone after it's thrown. You can't recover the word after it's said. You can't recover the occasion after it's missed. And you can't recover the time after it's gone. And I say that because it's so important to think about what you really want, especially if you're working in uh, with a coach and to create the goals that you want 
to have to create something that makes you happy and not bring down your relationship, right? And there's a better way to be if ADHD is part of a relationship and there's a way forward. Beautiful. Well, that what that reminds me of just to wrap it up is that, you know, if you're, if you're moving towards something instead of away from something, sometimes that's just so much more motivating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, and it's, for, it's easier. It's, oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> it's easier. just easier. The energy of being pulled towards yeah. something is way better than the no, not that energy. Yeah. Nothing's yeah. going to change unless you decide it's time That's to right. do something different for that change. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you. I knew this was going to be a del- delicious conversation. Oh. And it was. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for being with us. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Truly a pleasure. So our guests have been Robin Nordemeyer and Joyce Kubik, and we've been talking about uh, coupling couples, managing couples, and and ADHD. And lots of resources, links in the show notes. Check them out. And uh, Diane, you want to bring us home? Yeah. Thanks for everyone who's listening. Thank you for everything you do for yourself, for your kids, for your families. And um, at the end of the day, you make the difference huge difference. And that goes not just for you with your kids, but also for you and your partnerships. All the change you want starts with you. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.